Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Take you anywhere. Can't take me anywhere. I'll take you anywhere. I'll take you anywhere. You wanna go? Oh, 
Hello everyone and welcome to episode 85 of Straight White Whale. Before we get into the madness, my producer, friend, co-host Paul is going to do an ad read. Oh, Thank you very much. Better get it ready. Thank you very much. Shh. You ready? Okay, so this week's sponsor is Arduin Co. Legal, which is Alan Ardrew. So did Alan actually go to school with you? Yes. Okay. How many people... Like Turnbull High and that? I went to 15 different schools at different points of my life because I was half my nut. So that's how I know everybody <laughs> in Glasgow. Is that how everybody that I meet so I was, I went to school with Don. I'm like, what, how, what fucking school did they go to? I was a Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you were the Johnny helper. <laughs> so um, I knew I'm not allowed near schools. I was fucked up, me. <laughs> so, Alan Ardrew. Um, he's a lawyer, they practice in personal injury claims, employment law, uh, regulatory hearings, criminal injury applications, and more. So he offers a free initial consultation, and if you want to contact him, you can go to arduinco.co.uk, email him at aar at arduinco.co.uk, or phone him on 0141 378 4145. All the information will come along the bottom of the screen as normal. And thank you very much, Alan, for sponsoring the podcast, mate. Thank you very much, Alan. And thank you very much, Sean, for sitting through that, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Very professional. Sean Connor, a great actor that comes from Scotland, but also a good friend of mine. Um, during lockdown, Sean did my podcast as well, but I can't really remember that, mate. Neil can I have done it on Zoom, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember what, what, what it was called. What was it called? <sighs> I don't know, man. I was like, that was me in the deep end of a mental breakdown, <laughs> mate. So, <laughs> fuck's sake, fuck it. Who was it? I think we just recorded it on a Zooming, and I just aye. tweeted it. Aye, I think so. Aye. <laughs> I think that's what happened. So thank you very much for coming oh, in, mate. Cheers for having me, my man. It means a lot. I know you're a very busy boy, same with you, Paul, because the Edinburgh Fringe has just started, so everybody right. in our industry, apart from me, is absolutely stressed at their tits right now, because <laughs> I'm not doing the Fringe. Um, by choice, though. By choice. Are you, like, loving it? That you're seeing every cunt pure running about like a maniac and you're just pure sitting here with a fucking top hat on? I know. <laughs> I, I mean, know. it is fucking mental, the fringe, isn't it? Yeah. It's absolutely insane. i done it for the first time last year, and it's just, it's non-stop. You end up fucking just spending your wage on drink <laughs> after every show. It's fucking pointless. <laughs> so <laughs> so you are doing the fringe this year, aren't yeah, you? Are yeah. you doing a full run? No, so we're doing, uh, we're on to August 20th yeah. uh, this year uh, at the Traverse Theatre. So we only be as mental as last time. Last last time we've done the full month. Um which I think for your first time doing it was a bit mental, do you know what I mean? You're a bit taken aback by it all and the scale of it. Um, but then again, at the same time last year, wasn't it as big as mm -hmm. it usually is, I don't think, because we were again still coming out of, I know the year before that was like really scaled down for COVID and stuff like that. Um, but last year was kind of, there was a lot of issues last year again, they got rid of the app, which folk were fucking well up in arms about because... You could barely tell who was on, and the, the actual fringe website is a bit of a nightmare to navigate yeah. and to try and find out where folk are on and where you can actually get tickets. Um, so everybody was moaning about that, but the app's back this year, so that's grand. And plus, it was the bin strike yeah, uh, last year as it well. It was, aye, it was, and I actually heard that that might potentially be happening again. Yeah, hopefully not, because it was fucking disgusting. It was through. howling. It was it minging me. I was walking to the venue every day, and you're like looking down alleyways, and it's just rats mm. everywhere. 
and how, how bad that looks for like folk coming like international people that come to the fringe all the time because obviously a huge chunk of the audience is you know people from Europe international yeah. um, I think how bad that fucking looks yeah. it looked like a shithole yes. it was really really bad and then on top of like trying to run a show or perform a show for a month, that is just, it's not good for the head. Were you at the Fringe last year, Paul? I went to see Trainspotting and... Trainspotting Live? Yeah. I've got one, one, one of my pals in Trainspotting Live. I've uh, done it last year, I understudy, but she's doing it again this year, so I'm going to catch it. Who who was it? Uh, Olivia Cor, name is. Oh, right, okay. She would have understudied for my girlfriend's mate, Lauren. There you go, I probably, I So she's... um. I think she's. I don't know if she's understanding again this year, but she's um, she's definitely doing it. And I'm going to get to catch it this year because we've got. A, last year we were like our show was the same every day, and they were like half an hour between each other, so there was no way I could have caught it. Whereas this year, because I'm at the Traverse, it's like a rolling schedule, so it's different show times every day. Have you seen it before? At no, all? never. It's fucking incredible. I've heard. I know. I've heard amazing things. I'm really looking forward. I went to, to see it at the Arches, and that was like three weeks after I'd seen it at the Fringe. Ah, I did it at the Arches as well. We've done a wee tour, right, didn't uh, we? they toured it. I know, I've heard brilliant things, so no, I'm looking forward to catching it. Should be good. Can I be in it? <laughs> That's a running joke that I do because there's quite a lot of insecure <laughs> stand-up comedians and actors that always do that. Fucking hell, I You're doing a movie? I'll, I'll be in it. Like, Sean could announce, like, oh, I'm doing Castaway. as one man in an island and it's a remake <laughs> and there'll be a Scottish actor that'd be like, can I... Can I be Wilson? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I can, can I play Wilson? Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ball heat. <laughs> can you not just be happy that I shared good news with you? Um, so, Sean, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before. Mm -hmm. It's a general laid-back chat with my producer and co-host as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a laugh, but we'll get a chance to talk about your life, your career, what you're working on. And like the fact that I went to see you in Moorcroft a couple of weeks ago as yep. well, and it just kind of came up naturally mm -hmm. in the in the podcast. Uh, so we can just talk about all that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I ask you a question, Sean? Absolutely. Uh, do you get Terminator and or Sean Connery jokes? I do. I. I get. Okay. The, I get both of them, and it's a fucking pain in the ass. Big time. Do you know what I mean? I won't say it then. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You always get it. You always get folk going like that. Is that? Man, not that. I know that guy for telling you. I'm like, no, I mean, it's, that's John Connor, but all right, moving on. Fuck's sake. Sean Connor's his Irish cousin. Aye. <laughs> Likes a Guinness. Sorry. Come with me Sorry. if you want to live. Like, that was funny 19 years ago. Aye, but if that gets remade, uh, can I be in it? <laughs> so you are a good friend, mate, and I've yeah. been meaning to, to try and get you in but I know that, you know, everybody's so busy and you are like, a, it's really, I'm not in the acting world, I'm kind of comedy world. Mm -hmm. So like to to watch you from the outside, it's like really quite impressive to see, like Sean's a working actor, like right. working the circuit, involved in some great shows. But it's like anytime I'm talking to you, you're like, we're in rehearsal and I'm like, wow, man, that sounds... That's not just a comedian pulling Eki faces. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite stressful and intense. Aye. But I know it will be rewarding as well. For sure, I mean, for sure it can be. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you can't ever like complain. Like, as I was saying to you earlier, like last week, I was rehearsing one show and then going to the Tron to, to perform a totally different show. Um, and it can be exhausting, but it's one of these things where like, you know how hard it is to get work in this game. Yeah. So you feel like you can't complain. Do you know what I mean? Because you're, you know, you you feel that like you're lucky to be there. Um, 
but aye, as it's quite, it can be quite stressful at times, especially when you're trying to, when you're playing two totally different roles and you're trying to, you know what I mean, you're leaving a rehearsal room and then having to jump mentally into another one, especially something like Moorcroft, which, you know, the character that I played in that goes to quite a dark place. Um, and weirdly, do you know what I mean? Like I found that last week, I've never, I've never kind of experienced something where I've played a role. I mean, Moorcroft's probably the darkest role that I've, that I've had to play. Obviously it's a comedy to an extent, you know, you've seen it, it's very much like comedy, 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 and then fucking misery out of nowhere um, to get that shock factor. But I've never really played a role where I've found it quite hard to shake off after I've went off stage or after I've, you know what I mean, walked off set or whatever it is. Um, but towards the end of that week, and I think maybe just a combination of me being so tired and stuff like that, it was harder to shake off. Like I was getting carried off the stage and then just being like, <sighs> Yeah. Whoa, like fucking deep breaths, do you know what I mean? Try and chill out. And that's something that I've never experienced before, so I never really thought it was important, but I think it is to kind of that, that kind of level of aftercare is important. I mean, I'm not saying I'm fucking going up the road and still hanging on pole, man, like that fucking, do you know what I mean? But like some fucking fannies you see, like Austin Butler kicking about talking like Elvis fucking seven months Aye. after he's filmed it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, your dad's like Sean do you want a cup of tea and you're like no answering him so, <laughs> who's Sean <laughs> I know I find all that shit mental but aye I did realise that last week there is a kind of certain extent of even just taking kind of personal time mentally to sit and go like that right fucking shake that half and then yeah. go on with it do you know what I mean but no it's great I mean it's a great problem to have to be to be so busy I'm, I'm very lucky and I'm very fortunate and very grateful to be in the position I am at the minute so Amazing, mate. Well, I, I'll talk about Muircroft in a minute, uh, but there's a couple of things that I've seen you in, and obviously because we're pals, like that is the first time I watched you, and I thought, oh, he's a wee bastard in that man, <laughs> the character. Yeah, like, yeah that yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Because anytime I've seen you in something, it's been like, you know, uh, maybe River City, mm -hmm. the the likable. Aye, playing the kind of comedy. Yep, or schemers. Yep, the kind of. Jack the lad, type. yeah, 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 yeah. And then that I was like, aye, that yeah. Is... I, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, I, I kind of went through a stage in my career where I was not being typecast, but th those were the kind of roles that were coming to me. Do you know what I mean? I was getting the kind of cheeky chappy, as you say, likable, friendly type character. And I think River City kind of maybe kicked that. Well, Schemers maybe kicked that off, and then went through to River City and was playing the kind of the the kind of you're trying to be the kind of lovable character yeah. whereas i think moorcroft's the first thing that i've done where you're playing a character who for a large portion of the play probably i would say about the first kind of 25 minutes half an hour of the play probably no like no that likable at all he's a wee bit funny at times do you know what i mean because there's a camaraderie within the group but yeah he's does some you know some opinions as you know you've seen it that pink shirt scene when the opinions kind of come out and he kind of goes on that homophobic rant as it were the large portion of the audience are probably sitting there thinking he's just a wee cunt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously as it goes on, you realise that there's reasons for that, and it's not so much his own opinions; it's like learned be learned behaviour for his dad, who he's got a very stressed relationship with. So it's probably been the most challenging role yeah. that I've taken on so far. Um, but you know, it's a total fucking privilege to to be a part of. Ailey's a total genius. Yeah. yeah, and she's written this really relatable, really kind of gritty script that is uh, again relatable to so many people, and I think that's why the reaction to it's been so strong. Do yes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I I was saying it last week in the podcast. It was you know 
the, the both of us work in a, a, an industry that we we might miss each other's shows quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But I was missing yours more than you were missing mine. And I was getting so annoyed at it. And I was so <laughs> glad that I, I came along. It was... It, blew me away man mm-hmm. and to even watch it as a stand-up comedian and thank god that to, to watch a cast in unison mm-hmm. it was so impressive because there's like dance scenes and stuff yeah. and i'm like that is so it's like one person mm-hmm. it, it was so hard to describe but um the show i said it last week was uh 10 out of 10 and it was you, i genuinely feel like i've watched something and i'm like See in ten years' time, I'll be like, I can't believe I seen that at the drawn. Yeah, because it's went on to be this thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. I could see it being made into a movie or something, or yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah, which I, I is why I've brought you on today, because because can I be on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting compelled to train spot until like people are saying this is the next train spot. Ah, yeah. I mean, there was you know there was talk of the next Black Watch as well and stuff like that. Um, I think it is just one of the pieces that comes out do you know what i mean you get these pieces that come around every maybe five or ten years or whatever that are just pretty groundbreaking and i think the reason for that is that again that it's so relatable to so many people it's a working class story it's a true story which i think makes everything you're watching obviously whenever you see a film and it comes up at the beginning this is based on a true story it makes it a wee bit more affecting doesn't it yeah um and not even that it was a story that was kind of so close to home for a lot of people, so close to home for Ailey, who wrote and directed it and choreographed it as well. So it's about her dad. So the, the lead character of Gary is that's her dad. Yeah. Um about his experiences kind of growing up and running through and um starting this football team and then all of a sudden these boys just starting to drop the flies. Wow. Um was that through like so I, I'm not I don't know much about your world. Was this Nash, National Theatre of Scotland? No, so it was originally a Tron Theatre production. It's actually quite interesting how it came about. So the Tron Theatre, Andy Arnold, who's the artistic director of Tron Theatre, he'd put a, a call out during lockdown for actors that he hadn't seen yet to submit themselves and then maybe get a wee Zoom call with them, do a monologue so that you can see different actors, do you know what I mean? Try and see as many actors as he possibly can. And one of the actors that, that submitted and got through was Ailey. And rather than do a monologue for a published play, which is the kind of done thing, she went in and she done Sooty's monologue about having cancer, about finding out that he's got cancer in the in the bathroom. Um, and Andy Arnold, she done it, and Andy Arnold went, what's that from? And she went, oh, it's from my play Moorcroft, I wrote it. And he went, send me it. And he read it once and went, I'm putting this on. Amazing, man. So that's how it all came about. Mate, I get goosebumps there. I actually see after it, I was like, sent you a voice note and I was like nearly greeting. Mm -hmm. Right after it, I was greeting as well. Mm -hmm. And I bumped into an actor that I knew. And uh, he was like, how was that? And I was like, don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fucking talk right now, mate. Just give me a minute. (laughs) When I was walking down the stairs. It's it's affecting. We see that in the seats, in the seating banks every single night. Because... It's interesting, the, the Tron Theatres, I think the Tron Theatres are a, a, a great space. It's a cracking theatre. Yeah. It's like a brilliant space, brilliant seating bank, holds a really decent crowd. But depending on the lighting state and whatever it kind of thing shows you're doing, sometimes you can see the audience and sometimes you can't. There's certain bits in Millcroft where we can see them pretty clearly. And one of those moments is right at the end, before we have the wee picture moment and then, and then obviously the show finishes. 
But when we come out for that moment, every single night, you just all you see is folk greeting, grown men in groups of five sitting with their pints, greeting into their pints, yeah. like properly, properly affected by it. Obviously, set in nineteen eighty nine as well. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's, again, so relatable to an older crowd, but I just think it's the issues of it that that affect so many people, like the alcoholism, the cancer, um, and the, the kind of mental health issues that it, that it raises as well, that so many people identify with. Um, and the amount of people coming up to us in the bar after the shows and stuff like that and just saying to us, like, I had a brother that went through a similar thing. You know what I mean? I had a cousin that went through the exact same thing and I was greeting my eyes out and I think that's what good theatre should be. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It should affect people. I only started, like, Millcroft was my first professional theatre job yeah. last year, last February. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's such an incredible piece, I think. Um, and it affects people in such a good way. It's a genuinely an honour to be a part of, man. Amazing, mate. That makes me happy. <laughs> I became very self-conscious that you're saying that and I'm sitting with a fucking top hat on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, midway, you talking there, I, I was, like, going to be like... <laughs> trying to feel that. <laughs> yeah, mental health issues. I'd never had that, ever. <laughs> Aye, so, no, it is, it's affecting, and that's one of the best things about it, I think. Have you ever seen... A, have you ever been to see a play that's that serious, Paul? Or well, like some train spotting's like, man. Like mm, there was yeah. people getting up and walking out. A train yeah. spotting. Yeah, because we've we as well. The, I think there's a bit. Spoiler alert! There's a bit where well, you can't spoil train spotting. Can't really spoil train yeah. spotting. Yeah. The bit with the baby. I think that really, it's yeah. really intense. Yeah. Like they play comfortably numb and there's strobe lighting and people were just like, the fuck. And people were getting up and leaving the Aye. room. Yeah. So, but I'm, I've, mate, I've barely been to theatres. Mm -hmm. to see like um this is one of the things that i really want to do mary is mm -hmm. to go and see theater rather Aye. than going to the cinema or sitting watching a, a film or binging a netflix show do you Aye. know what i mean and like getting out and going to like the citizens or go to the tron and seeing something do you mm -hmm. know what i mean it's interesting you say that because uh, we get told this time around that <clears throat> last year when we done it for the first time they done a survey but it sold out the entire run and they done a survey and 55 percent of the people who came to see it had never been to the theatre before in their life, which I think is insane. Like, that's mental. I mean, obviously it's it's kind of a double edged sword because it's it's great that you're getting people in that have never been to the theatre before, but then sometimes you've also got a fucking cunt up the back cracking cans in the middle of pure emotional scenes. You know what I mean? Oh, I've seen that boy. Aye, I've seen that boy in a fucking Iron Brew advert. Aye, aye, do you know what I mean? Mate, there was a guy though, did, did, see the bit when he goes like that, and I bag myself with an ex best defender since Danny McGrain. Some cunt up the back went, Mona Hoops! Oh my, oh my god. god. Like, For fuck's sake, man, shut up. Come on, you fuck. Do you know what I mean? So. It's a double-edged sword, but... Everybody in Neutron's like, who are these people? I know. <laughs> the I know. scum at the back. I know. Exactly. So Sean's like, that's my uncle. No, no, mate. That's genuine, dumb. I'm, no, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I, I'm not even kidding you on. Like, that, that happened. It wasn't that guy that shouted him on the hoops, but there was a guy that shouted out a couple of things, and I went out to the bar after it and was chatting away to uh, a couple of my pals and that they were in, and I was like, where was that guy sitting? He kept shouting out things. And they went like that. It was that guy there? And I was like that. That's my best pal's fucking uncle. Fuck wow, man. man. Know what I mean? So, but, you know, it's, it, it, as I say, it's a double-edged sword, but it's fucking, I think it's more positive than it is negative. 
So can I ask you a question about that? Because mm -hmm. see, as a stand-up comedian, I invite heckles and I really Aye. enjoy getting Aye. heckled Aye. as part of my show. Mm -hmm. If you were getting heckled during a performance, would you, and it was getting to the point that it was distracting, would you ever um, react to that in character or would the staff have to just chuck them out and you continue the show? I'd say it depends on the piece. So if it was something like Moorcroft, let's say there was there was an instance last, uh, one of the shows last last week, maybe two weeks ago, um, where the, the scene in the pub where, with the homophobic rant and the boy then reveals himself, he says, I am gay, and then kind of has a go at me, even not yourself, but um, there was a phone that went off and kept going off and kept getting off and kept getting louder. It was like a weird noise. It was like a sonar. It was like a beep, 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 And it kept getting louder and louder and louder. And he never made any attempt to fucking try and turn it off. And I, I felt terrible for Dylan, the actor that was that was playing Tubbs, because he's really fucking pouring his heart out of that bit. Do you know what I mean? And this was all you could hear. And it was distracting me. And if it was distracting me, I know it would have been distracting him. Um, but, you know, he dealt with it well. I would say it depends on the piece, like, Last time we done Sean and Darrow, the one I'm just about to do again at the Fringe, um, we talk to the audience quite a bit, or we point out people in the audience, and the kind of assumption is that they're not meant to talk back. Sometimes they will. So there was a bit in it where I come out the back of the van, and I think, basically we've just been in Sucky Hall Street, and we've, we've like took an ice cream van into Sucky Hall Street on a Saturday night, and ended up selling loads of stuff, and... Um, he goes, what did you think of that? To a girl in the audience. And I come out and I go, aye, that felt good. And he goes, no, you. What did you think of that? As if he's talking to, to her. And there was one night where this woman just went, aye, that was really good. Aye, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and, and my next line is, uh, my next line is, Daryl talks to a lassie we must have served earlier. And I just changed the line. I just went, Darrow talks to a very talkative lassie we must have served earlier. And I got a big laugh, do you know what I mean? So I think it does depend on the piece. Like, I think if I was doing, like, you know, my last scene in Moorcroft yeah. and folk were fucking shouting things out, I don't really know how I'd deal with that because you're, you're in a place where you're so kind of invested in it and that's not really something you can kind of throw back a wee line to mm -hmm. kind of non-directly tell them to fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think it depends. I think it's much easier with comedy, but with drama, a bit more difficult. Thankfully, I've never had um, an issue where something like that's happened. I mean, we did, when we done Ode to Joy at the Fringe last year, we had a woman collapse in the audience. Yeah. Which was a bit mental. Like, it was roasting. Like, like and we, yeah. we were in quite, we were in Summer Hall, and we were in quite a small room. And it was a bit, a bit of a surreal thing, because it came at a point, Ode to Joy is a play about, uh, it's a play about chemsex and um, kind of homosexuality and, and kind of finding yourself. And it's a comedy about it. And it's about these three guys and they go to Berlin to go to Bergheim, to go to a big pig party, they call it, right? And uh, the bit of the play where it happened was we're walking and we're kind of narrating it as if we're going into this bar in Berlin and we point to somebody in the audience and he goes, is that man sucking piss out that other man's nappy? <laughs> so we said that and the crowd laughed and in the corner of my eye, I just seen her head go down, I just seen her flop 
And I was like, holy fuck, what the fuck's just happened? And then the producer came running down. She's like, stop the show, stop the show. Lights came up, we had to stop the show and we had to go backstage until they got her out. Mm -hmm. And we were just kind of waiting, pure nervously backstage, like, what the fuck's going to happen? She, she fucking did, like, what the fuck's going to happen here? Um, thankfully, the staff came back in, were like, she's all right. She just collapsed, I think, due to the heat. They wanted to carry on with the show. So wow. we had to go back out and just kind of take it for where we were. But the crowd helped a lot with that, do you know what I mean? They yeah. applauded us back onto the stage and stuff yeah. like that, which was nice. Um, and it was dealt with in a really nice way. But no, that's that's the kind of only thing where I've had something that bad happen where a, a show has to be stopped mm. in the middle of it. It can be quite rattling, but yeah, also a good experience, I think. Do you know what I mean? Because if you experienced it once, then you know how to deal with it. Thickens yeah. the skin. Quite common in Edinburgh, by the way. I've, I've heard a lot of comedians tell me that... The, uh, members of the crowd will faint uh -huh. because it's too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to shows and I've seen people faint mm -hmm. as well, man. Yeah. That's no uncommon. They're putting it's... shows on in places that don't normally take crowds. And aye, all, do you aye. know what I mean? So they they're just in the aircon, but the um, aircon, the extractor anybody fans. with a keen ear, like, see where they said chemsex, you went, what? <laughs> 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 you feel reacted? <laughs> that was me having a flashback. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm eight years sober. I'm a... Wait a minute, is that a play about me? <laughs> you were wearing a nappy. <laughs> Just trying to protect on the chem shit. Never heard of that. Who's that? Never heard of that. <laughs> Before in my life. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Well, we're, we're off an hour in the day an hour, so um, how did you get into acting? What's your story? So um, it started for me at a heavy, heavy young age. Um, I think I was about six or seven when I took my first acting class. I think my dad wanted me to be fucking an excellent striker and that was fucking horrendous at football. So bad, still am. I'll play the odd game of fives here and there, but I stick out last of them. Um, so it was just one of the things where my mum and dad were like, right, try fucking taekwondo. I'd fucking shite at that and all. Any sports I was pretty much shite at. Obviously I'm a massive football fan, but any sports I just wasn't ever very good at. And then the kind of one of the last things that they were trying was, was this wee acting class. And it just ended up being something that, you know, at a young age, you don't really understand it. You don't really understand what has to go into it and especially not to make it into a career. But um, I just enjoyed it. I had fun doing it and then kept doing it. And then as, as I got older, I realised this is something I'm actually, I really fucking enjoy and something I'm actually quite good at. It's one of the only things I think I'm fucking good at. Um, so just stuck at it and then it became more than, you know, a bit of fun. It became a passion. Um I was in different acting academies. I was at Glasgow Acting Academy for 10 years. Um, and it was near, it must have been about 14, 15 when I decided that this is what I want to do for my, for my job. And now it's, it's pretty much my fucking life, basically. So you had childhood experience of being an actor before you went to drama school? Aye, aye, aye. So Glasgow Acting Academy at the time when I was there, I had a, a, an agency, a talent agency running through it. Um, so I'd done a couple of adverts and stuff like yeah. that. Do you remember the SPL stickers books? Uh -huh. So I was like the, the TV mascot for that for two years in a row. And <laughs> these adverts were fucking mental. Like there was one of them where I had like a green screen suit on and it was just my head and my horns and I looked like some fucking like mushroom version of Rayman. It was fucking mental. Made no sense to me how that sells SPL stickers, but do you know what I mean? It was good to get the experience of being on a set. Yeah. Um, and doing that sort of stuff. Because um, obviously I know you're my pal, right? So mm -hmm. I know your CV. And I, one thing I didn't realise is that you had a wee part in Tramadol Nights. I did, aye, I did. Aye, aye. So, um, aye, Frankie Boy was Tramadol Nights. 
I think it cancelled after one season. Aye, so is that the, fucking the, offensive? Fabled. <laughs> aye, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was my first kind of TV show job. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, a bit of a mental thing to be a part of when you're like 14 years of age. You were 14, now. Something like that, aye. Aye. Um, And the sketch was... Somebody sent me it a couple of a weeks ago and I watched it and I was like, oh, fuck me, I could get cancelled for that. Like, it's actually, it's really bad. Obviously, I didn't write it, so. But yeah. it's fucking, it's, in this day and age, it's pretty fucking bad. So the sketch was like, it was like a parody of a movie. I think it was called Five Children in It. And it was about, like an old movie about these like f- three Victorian English children that go into the woods and find this wee fucking monster that like grants them wishes. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so the parody sketch was uh, what would happen if three kids from Glasgow found that thing and uh, <laughs> you would get into the woods and it's like I'll grant you wishes and uh, we, made, we made it shag a rabbit and fucking set a rottweiler on it and put it in a pond and flung stones at it and volleyed it up into the air and they'll just set it in fire like just fucking horrible horrible things to this um, to this fucking puppet basically um so it was good fun when you're that age you don't really yeah. understand you know what i mean you don't really get the script it's actually good actually what kind of watching it back because that we all had like one kind of line each when he says i'll grant you wishes and i think my line was i've got money on celtic fully cut make rangers fucking blind uh, <laughs> and i totally forgot but i watched it with somebody sent me and i watched it back and i was like fucking yes, fucking yes. <laughs> um but i some of the um some of the other lines in it were yeah. pretty fucking offensive. Ah, it was pretty pretty, pretty horrific. So if you were 14 then, that's kind of when I was starting comedy. Aye. So I was like an open spot comedian. Mm-hmm. Probably by the time Trauma Doll Nights was on the TV, I think I was under, I was definitely under 100 gigs. Maybe under 50 actually. Aye. How many gigs have you done now? I don't know. Can you lost count? Over 500? Thousands? Aye. Fuck me, man. Aye. That's mental. I mean, I mean, you can tell when you're on the stage, isn't it? Definitely over a thousand. One, like, defo, but there was a boy. So that was wrote by Frankie Boyle and a comedian called the Reverend Obadiah Steppenwolf. Oh, really? He yeah, wrote that, or yeah. did he? Uh, so yeah. there's a scene in one of the <laughs> sketches that there's like a, what's it called? Pukaki? Pukaki? A Pukaki. Right, so there's a scene there where there's a comedian called Jim the Hobbit. <laughs> and he was this mental comedian that was just shite and no yeah. funny, right? And they hired him to be that character. So there was another comedian that told me that they were like, is there any cunt that could play this character um, that we could just... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
getting for half a day. And the boy's name was Mikey Adams. He's not a comedian anymore. And supposedly he was like, get Don Connell Aye. To, to do that character. And I think they were just like, oh, he's just an open spot. He's not done many gigs. Aye. Uh, so that could have been me, mate. Fuck's uh, sake. What, getting pukaki No, then the guy <laughs> that was being the pukaki Right. Uh, Fuck's sake. But, you know, I, I won't get sued for this, eh? No. Right, so basically there's a scene where the guy had to get a hard on, as a fake hard on, and he had a cock in it like a fake cock mm-hmm. and supposedly they, they were like that right this is the scene where you get hard and supposedly he was like Ugh. <laughs> 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 Ugh. i can't i can't get hard it's and it's like no we're putting the fucking fake cock on you <laughs> Fuck's oh sake, my god man. mate is it okay if we pause i need a piss i go for it man sorry i went for a pee break there mate sorry, i was in on. the toilet trying to make myself hard <laughs> <laughs> Pants from the ankles. Fuck's sake. Well been now. Aye. <laughs> I'm nearly 40. It's no working anywhere. <laughs> I forgot to say as well, good choice of tune. Libertines can't ah, stand yes, me now. Man. Fucking my favourite band of yeah. all time. Aye. Fucking love my bits. Um have you got somebody else in here at four o'clock? No, how? Somebody just walked in there and walked back out. Did they? Aye. Sean, we need to tell you something. Go on in. There's a brothel next door. Is there, aye? It so pro- see. Yeah, that's probably what that, that's been. Somebody aye. try to get into the brothel. Aye. aye. Try to get the ropes. Aye, I think so. Decent, man. Do you think he'll be in the toilet trying to get himself hard? <laughs> probably. I bet you you've never been on a podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's no experience, but fucking, I'm into it, man. He's just think he's gone into a brothel, right, to obviously have sex, and he's <laughs> peeked through that door and he's seen a cunt with a top hat. <laughs> Three cunts with cameras and mics and a top hat. Like, oh, That's mad, mate. Fuck. So there's all sorts of cunts pumping in there. Yeah, as a as a motionless. It, isn't it's a it's an Airbnb, <laughs> right? But it's, it's frequented by prostitutes. And ah, there's two right, of them okay. next door to each other, and I so it's La- ladies of the night. Yeah, nice man. Get it, you can get it. This has been a really good conversation so far, and we've had a beautiful conversation about Moorcroft and your life and stuff. But before the podcast started, and I feel really bad in saying this as well, because you know it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. But before the podcast started, Sean said to my producer that he believes that people on job seekers allowance should be given lie detector tests. I did. Hi. When the fuck did I say that? Three minutes ago. What are you talking about? Try <laughs> <laughs> set me up, you can't. No. And then you said, like, drug tests as well. <laughs> and if they fail them, then they shouldn't get their benefits. Sean, why? <laughs> why would you say something like that? I know your dad, man, that's shite. <laughs> you do know my dad. You do know my dad. He's in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Sorry, mum. Fucking hell. She wouldn't be watching anyway. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Every single week I chuck in a wee social hand grenade, mate, and right. get a gas. A, a gas? I get a guest off. Uh, I catch them off with right. a mad question. Oh. So Susie McCabe, I said she supported one child policy. And, uh, oh, it's one child policy? China's one child policy. Oh, you can only have... All oh, right. Aye. Is that a thing? Aye. Aye. Fuck off. Seriously? Yep. 
or they've abandoned it now because they're fucked. Like now that they've got an aging population, they do the jobs, so they're like, oh, aye. we better stop this one child policy. But aye, there was like a, a billion and a half of them at one point in time, so yeah. like they had to do it. Mate, I know nothing about the, the, the wider world, man. I, there's so many folk tell me things like that that I feel that I should know. And I just, I'm like, I've, I've never heard of that before in my life. That's fucking insane. Yeah. It's like pure North Korea. We've basically got the same thing here. We've got a two-child policy after. You have two kids that don't give you any benefits. Ah, so it's, suppose, it's the same aye. thing, but with a wee smile. Aye. Hey, <laughs> two wins, and then you can go and get fucked. You know what I mean? Like, aye, we're, 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 just, we're just the same, man. We're, we're just, just nice about it. We're, aye, we just try and, we're, we try and appear to be nicer about it, but mm. actually it's fucking brutal. <laughs> Wolves in sheep clothing. Aye. You know that? That was a joke, by the way. Not you don't, one. about me saying, you know. I got that, mate. I know. <laughs> But you seem the type that would phone us in four weeks. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got it. Um, have you got any other questions, Paul? I'm just paranoid about who that was that was trying to pop their fucking head in. What'd it look like? It was uh, my dad. <laughs> 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 he gave us an order, no? Did he? Did he I, I felt like doing that. Morning, next door. Is he baldy? Uh, he was baldy, aye. Big guy? Yep. That's my six o'clock. Oh, is it? Ah. <laughs> is it cool to just keep talking now? Right, now that Paul the producer's left to uh, get your banger up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. This won't be edited, by the way, eh? so just... That's sound. Aye, I'm just, you know, in case Straight we stop. Straight well unfiltered. Aye. Unfiltered. Oh, good? Aye, man. <laughs> no, but a coat, fuck him. Ah, sorry, you can go for a coffee somewhere. Aye. So, um, uh, what else do you want to talk about? I mean, I've seen you the f- kind of first time I went to see you was uh, Schemers. Oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was kind of... Was was that during lockdown or just after it? Um, it was during lockdown. It was, it was just coming out. You know that way we kind of had that over coming out of it and then, oh, no, fuck, we're back in. And then, no, we're actually coming out of it. It was... Schemers was... Schemers was like... Schemers was filmed about five years before yeah lockdown happened so the first shoot was a bit of a disaster um so so much so that they had to you had to do like reshoots to reshoot like 40 percent of the film um and uh so i had to because my hair was permed in it and all that so i had to fucking grow out the perm because if you don't want to shave your head you need to just grow it out so i had a perm for about fucking five months after it <laughs> And then get tell you need to come back up to Dundee and fucking repair your hair. So like, that's a fucking disaster. So I went and done that. Um and then still about two two or three years later it still wasn't out and they were planning on and releasing it. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And it was like, fuck, we can't release it now. But it has been five years since we shot this. Like we need to get this out. So they decided to release it during that wee time where excuse me, um the um cinemas were open. They'd reopened, but it was like the fucking one seat and then half free capacity. Aye, all that shit. So they released it then. So unfortunately, nobody fucking seen it. Basically, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was a shame. Do you know what I mean? Because it actually turned out to be a decent wee film. It was the first ever feature film ever made uh, about Dundee and Dundee. Another true story. I don't know why I keep doing fucking true stories, man. It's weird, isn't it? Go where the work is. I suppose, I. But um, I. They released it during that time and just unfortunately just nobody really seen it because nobody was really gone to the cinema. Yeah. It done all right for what it was given. Um, but 
And it was a bit of shame and it all came out. And just the way yeah. it came out because of COVID and stuff like that. But it fucked up so many things, you know what I mean? It fucked up bigger things than, than me being in a fucking movie. You know I mean? Aye, but it's also justified as well because that's your life yeah. and it's your work. Aye, aye, sure, like, I suppose. Aye. I had that during COVID, uh, like within this, within four weeks, I lost all my work, my job, mm. left my flat, yep. started to lose my hair, put on crazy amounts of weight, and then my brother was like, ah, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> And what way? <laughs> How? He's like, no, someday in my, my work, right? And he's got a motor and he's paying for the motor and he's got a mortgage. you imagine having a mortgage? And I'm like, literally, as my hair's like falling at my head, like, <laughs> you better get out of my fucking face or I'm going to bite your nose clean off your skull, mate. Your dad's still in there and he's banging it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that story, do you? right, I know that story, man. i seen it fucking, I've been out to see... You'll gig it all and more. Yes. Funny you're talking about hecklers. Mind you, you got to kick, kick those fucking about four or five boys out. Mm-hmm. They're fucking out there nothing Charlie. Just pure shouting stupid things out. Requests. They were shouting old jokes. Do the mermaid. Fuck. Were they? Aye. Aye. I mean, right, I found that gig, but I don't... Do you remember that? No, I was just pure focused on things no fucking up. Yeah, I suppose I... Aye, but yeah. I don't remember. That was an unreal gig. That was the best I've ever seen you. Thank you, mate. That was shit, that was shit hot. Thank you very much. So so good, and I was fu- and I was fucking annoyed that that the boys done that, but you did it well. You just you, you, you kind of heckled them back, and then they done it again, and then the third time you were just like, All right, you just need to get to fuck. Yeah, and that's probably the best way to deal with. It, do you know what I mean? That's how I'll be dealing with it from now on because I was at East Bride and I let a heckler continuously do it. Yeah, and he fucked it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not happening. That's not going to happen no. in Glasgow. No. That's my Champions League final. Yeah. But that's very kind, mate. Thank you. And I appreciate you coming to my gigs. It's weird, do you know what I mean? It's like you don't... I've never really understood... I would... It must just be an attention-seeking thing. Do you know what I mean? Because I would never go and see... I've seen countless comedians... I was about to say thousands of them. What the fuck up now, haven't I? Um, countless comedians over the years. And I would never even think. In fact, funnily enough, talking about hecklers, I went to see Frankie Boyle at the Citizens Theatre, right? One of the ones that's on on Netflix and I went with my brother who lives in China now and uh, he was doing this bit about refugees and where they get housed and my fucking stupid brother went like that Govan Hill right as if he didn't know where some of them get housed <laughs> do you know what I mean so he then like can I put him down like lightly I thought for Frankie Boyle and then he came back to him and was like that eh how you doing anyway, man? You look like a guy at some point in your life's had to fight a dangerous dog off your mum. <laughs> oh, fucking And hell. then, like, if they laughed and then he waited to settle down and then he went, but only so you could ever go fucking on yourself. <laughs> and I just fucking, I wanted the chair to swallow me up. I was like, why the fuck would you do that? At any comedian, never mind never fucking mind Frankie, Frankie Boyle, Boyle, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just pure stupidity. So it must just be an attention-seeking thing. Because nine times out of ten, the cunts that shout things out, it's no funny. Yes, and I've always spoke to them after gigs, and it's a different type of person. It's, I thought you were a comedian, just trying to be funny. Oh, tell's a joke. I thought I was helping the show. I'm like, that You don't does... need to help the fucking show, yeah. mate. That's yeah. a bit like somebody jumping near the bar at Park Eden, taking the ball off somebody. Oh, I was just, I'm just trying try to help. Just trying to help. Just trying to score a goal. Yeah. Like that. Fucking take your seat, sit down, and shut the fuck up. I think a lot. I mean, we went to see Brian Hingway, didn't we? They were in more. Brian O'Sullivan. Uh, yep. Oh, aye, aye. Uh, Bridal, uh, Bridal uh, Hingway, aye. Aye, that's it. Aye. Aye. I was filming it, but you How were there. 
It was. I, I, let her, I, I thought it was. I thought it was fucking class. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a one man show about being on a cruise ship. Yeah. I thought it was. I, I was actually just. Is that when he does the the, the Janice stuff? Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. But I've he had stuff. he had something in the front row. I think there's. He's got like a TikTok following, and he's built his phone on TikTok. And I think these people come out and they have the attention span of a fucking goldfish. You know what I mean? Right. They're just sitting there like that. Mm-hmm. But the the woman in the front row just kept on shouting. Shit she out. was steaming though. Mm-hmm. Paralytic steaming, mate taking shots and stuff they were wrecked right i mean there's no excuse but he done well he done well he tried didn't he yeah. give him a chance but see when you're up there it's like it's different i think if you're a comedian you know you're not really on script you've you've got you know your jokes are coming and mm-hmm. you can go off you can veer off you can mm-hmm. you know go off in tangents but like if you're an actor you've got a script Aye. you're trying to remember your lines and somebody's fucking shouting shit out of you Aye. and you're like shut the fuck up I like, know I know that's, one, that's actually one of the things about comedians that I, I have the fucking utmost respect for is that ability to kind of because you do kind of have your own order of where you want to do things and you can go away and then come straight back to it see if God forbid if I'm on a stage and an actor fucks a line see so try to get back going to where because sometimes you need to just improvise something you need to just say something to to maybe try and take the awkwardness at the moment. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And um, like, aye, sometimes you need to just say something to get the awkwardness at the moment, but then that throws them off even more. And it's like, and then it throws you off. And then the two years are like, ah, we need to get back, because we need to get back onto the fucking page that we were at. Otherwise, this story doesn't, it's not going to make any sense yep. if we skip fucking two or three pages here. Do you know what I mean? So... That's something I find, I find incredibly difficult. Um, but fucking folk like you don't seem to just do it. Canter. Well, you know, I think it's through learning as well. See, when I first started, the first five years maybe, I, I did not hand, handle heckle as well. No. Like, I was really hurt, offended. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to, like, be like, what the fu- who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> like, mid-joke and all that. <laughs> fuck up, you fucking prick. What do you, what, what do you mean? I like, Do you actually mean that? So, uh, <laughs> but something changed. Something changed. I felt it click on stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, I found my voice and I yeah. enjoy it. But have you ever hit the giggles during a performance? Uh, aye, aye. Uh, <laughs> Moorcroft. So one of the boys that uh, you were talking about earlier, the uh, Santino, that plays noodles in Moorcroft, he is a bit where uh, they were talking about, they're trying to figure out who one of the boys is shagged. And uh, Mince goes, right, go on and get it, tell, who'd you bend there, that scooter boy? And Noodles goes, you're ma. And then he stands up and fucking pretends he's shagging fuck out, out, the, out the ma, right? And it's that's all it's meant to be. But Santino, but Tino being Tino, would just keep going. Would keep it going for as long as possible. Um, and just say, just say, because it's meant to be a wee improv bit, do you know what I mean? So you don't know what's coming next, but he'd just say the maddest things. He'd be like, ah, let me fucking, let me come on your tits, Mrs. Mince. Let me fucking spunk away your face. like it in your ass, Just all this mental shit. And there was one night, he just, he just kept fucking going. And I was just like that. I, I just, I just had to put my head in my hands. I was like that. <laughs> and also, last year when we'd done it, the scene where, fucking spoiler alert, my character dies, right? He goes, uh, there was a, an old woman in the front row, and he goes, uh, we went round to check on Paul, or, uh, towards that effect, and then he goes, and there were the flashing blue lights, and then I get lifted off the stage. So he went, and there were the flashing blue lights, and I fell back, and this woman in the front row went, oh no! 
like so fucking loud. So I'm getting lifted off the stage in a funeral procession, meant to be dead, and my shoulders are pure gone like that. Just couldn't control it. It's fucking insane. Insane. But for, no, funnily enough, like, only Moorcroft, really, so far. Yeah. Anyway. Because yeah. I clocked somebody have a wee giggle. It was nae, I wouldn't class it as a corpse, Aye, but it was a just wee, a wee giggle. A wee something. And I was like, oh, something happened Aye. there, but I wasn't too sure. Aye. I don't know what Aye. it was. Aye. It happened when, actually, to tell you, it happened when I was doing a, a play called Don Quixote up in Perth. And uh, the two actors were like, the scene was like, it was two older actors and they were meant to be, um, like one of them was meant to be like a tramp and she was trying to persuade him to come up to her flat. But he was meant to be like, oh no, she's creeping me out. Towards the end of the run, they were just like, ah, ah fuck it, man. We'll just see what happens. And he started fucking, he started like sucking her fingers and all that on the stage. And I was, I'm meant to be pure repulsed by her. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I just couldn't stop laughing. But often enough in theatre, when it happens, like, the audience find that funny as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like Panto, when, mm. when they fucking cops. Aye. It's funny. For the audience yeah, people as well, cheering you know and all that. I mean? aye, 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 stuff like that. So luckily it's all right. I've never been in one where I've like burst out laughing and it's fucking awkward. Do you know what I mean? I've had a belt. I had a belter during Panto mm -hmm. when I was doing Panto and Dundee and Scott Fletcher came up to play Buttons. Oh, aye. And I we hit off. Never met him before, but we became pals straight away, and mm -hmm. it was a good laugh. And Scott's a great guy, man. Aye, but I was. I suppose I deserve it because that was my <laughs> third year there. And we were talking about corpsing, and right. I was saying to him, it wasn't even on purpose as well, but I was like, I, I never corpse. I always make other people laugh, but I, I never corpse on stage. And I was getting like pure cocky, because I never corpsed, uh -huh. ever. Aye. And then we were doing a scene, and there was a bit where he had to scream, but he'd done that. <laughs> and he just caught me off guard, <laughs> and I just could not. It was like... See, when I let myself go, I laugh like Muttley. Uh, <laughs> so it was like a Muttley laugh, but then it made Tom Murray laugh. Aye. And then all the other cast were laughing, and I was like, I actually burst into a sweat. Like, I can't pull this back. But like you said, man, the panto crowd loves it. Aye, but, aye they're all up for stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes they'd rather see that. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Aye. The kind of pantos that kind of silliness where you kind of want to see a fuck up. Ah, it's pure silly fun, man. Aye. Silly yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Careful. So, we we did about an hour. We've got like 10, 15 minutes left. We've got five. Five minutes left. <laughs> I'd like to we ask you... We can keep going, but we can keep going. Aye, you know. I'd like to ask you, you're a very good actor. Would you ever do writing or maybe directing one day? I'd love to try my hand at directing. Um, writing, I, I think probably at some point. Yeah. I've tried. I just don't think at this point in my life I've got the patience for it. I tried to write something, I tried to write something fucking mental, like, I was over in Ireland, and uh, my uncle Paddy was talking about, because he, he, he does, like, old men's darts tournaments, doing it at the pub and stuff, and we went in and we were like, how's the darts going, how's the tourneys and that going, and he's like, um, he's like, oh, we're not doing it anymore, and I was like, why, he's like, because there's gangs in that now, they're, they're fixing the matches, and I, and I was like, they tell me gangsters are fixing old men's darts tournaments in pubs. <laughs> so I try to write like a four-part series about an old these old men going up against these gangsters to try and get their darts tournament back. <laughs> I actually thought it could be quite a fucking decent idea, but I wrote like half an episode and I was like, ah, my head's fried, I can't have no patience for this. Yeah. So maybe one day, 
Maybe one day. Um, Did you have a name for it? No. Bullseye. Oh, that was shit. <laughs> 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 I had all that in the room. <laughs> I did think of that, something along those lines, and then I was like, no, that's pish. Ah, yeah, it's pish. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but so, no, maybe, maybe one day, but I would like to try my hand at directing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been directed by a lot of different people, and I think a lot of this game is kind of taking, taking different experiences you see like some of, some of your favorite film director like one of my favorite favorite film directors quentin tarantino you see how many influences he pulls for other directors and stuff like that things like kill bill asian cinema what he pulled for that and stuff so i've worked with a lot of different directors that have things that i really admire and they're good and then i've yeah. worked with other directors that i think that's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life um so it's just about kind of picking and pulling so i would i would like to get a crack but um i've met tarantino what Seriously? Aye, and do you know what? Because I thought about selling them, but I'll give you a gift. Fuck off. You're kidding me on here. I'll see what one's got my name on it. There you go, Kill Bill Volume 2, signed by Quentin Tarantino. You are fucking joking me, mate. You can keep it. Are you being serious? Aye. Mate, I can't take that for half you. Aye, I've got, got enough for either, man. Crack no off. fucking I way, man. I thought about selling them, but he's signed a lot of things in his life, so you can. How did free. you meet him, mate? That's fucking. I worked thank at Virgin Megastore, mate. That's insane. No, I've worked at Virgin Megastore and they did a PA. So I've got like, a big poster. I've got a big. What was he like? I knew you were going to say that. It's mm. so always never meet your heroes, isn't it? A bit, sm <laughs> a bit smelly. Smelly? Aye. Do you know what I actually did? Can I get that vibe a wee bit? Yeah. I do. I mean, I don't quite know what we one day, but you know what I mean. <laughs> same. same. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. me in the background. Can I be in that or not? Quentin, that's mental. You can keep it, man. That's I've got insane. three there, so. Paul, you're a good man. That's insane, mate. Honestly. Just since you said he's your favourite, like, cracking. Mate, that's fucking amazing. Thank you so much. No bother at all. But Cheers, my man. No, look, my mate, one of the guys that I knew, he was like a big, like, massive Tarantino fan, and he was pure front of the queue, and he said something to him like, Who's your favourite something? And he was like, don't have one. Move on. Oh, really? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> he does that quite a lot. See, to be, aye, to be fair, he does seem like that kind of personality. See, to be fair, you almost like, when you see celebrities and stuff like that being cunts, mm. like, I think the go-to thing is just to go like, oh, he's a cunt, but I do think to some certain extent you need to think about how fucking busy these people are and how many people stop them in the street all the time yeah and like aye it's got to take a fucking toll do you know what I mean you've got to get annoyed you've listened to that video of Toby Maguire fucking screaming at the the journalist he's no. trying to drive out somewhere and he's like I, he, I think he's like starts off and he's like excuse me get out of the way get out of the way and then he's like I can't fucking see there's a car there motherfucker and then he drives away it's mental or when he clocks him in the airport have you seen that one no he's going through customs and he he notices a a journalist there and he's just like that pure <laughs> staring at him it must be horrific because like we the three years are normal aren't we if we see somebody that we love we'll be like do you know what don't go and annoy him well, see, that's, that's one thing I'd, i can i've never ever got we see like chasing folk for pictures and selfies and stuff i would rather shake somebody's horn and chat to him for five minutes than get a fucking selfie to go and show my family uh, do you know what i mean yeah um i'd go up and say hello and sort of Read the room. Aye. If somebody's just like, like that, mate. Like, I don't want to annoy you, but I just want to say I'm a big fan. If you're up for a fucking chat for a couple of minutes, you know what I mean? I would. You get much more out of that than chasing somebody down and fucking like. Even when I was at River City, 
there's a there's a certain level of kind of ignorance to it. Do you know what I mean? There would be people walking up to me in the street. Do you remember that guy we were walking down the street, and that boy was just standing there filming me, mm -hmm. just like that. just didn't say anything to me. It was just like that. <laughs> it's fucking insane. What, what makes folk think they've got the right to do that? Young guy. I, I remember, remember that. that boy uh, in the Yeah. Aye. Fucking mental. Yeah. You don't understand what goes through. Before it in a train, where were we going? Oh, mate. That where, was brutal. Where was it we were going? We were going for drinks with Sharon and my pal. That's right. Aye. We were at Belgrove train station. And Beyonce yeah. was playing Edinburgh. Aye. And there was like a group of young, getting one of them spotted him and knew who he was. Mm. And it was so weird. Because you could tell them people Aye, aye, that's aye. aye but the get the boy was screaming. Aye, I mean, because him and all his lassie pals oh, were going to see aye. Beyonce, and he was like, pretty full volume. Aye, it's Bobby. Aye, it's Bobby for Scott Squad. Do you know there was one time I was <laughs> wa walking down the street with my pal for college, and um, we just fucking met up for lunch or whatever. And we walked down the street, and it was when I was still in River City, and there was this woman sitting outside a pub, a pub, a pub. Just fucking sitting there smoking a fag. She clocked me and just went like that, loud as fuck. Here's that we cunt off River City. And I was like, mate, what is going on here? Like, what? what is wrong with you? What is actually wrong with you? Did you respond to her? No. Did you do that? More what you doing? <laughs> 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 no, I just fucking ignored her. Do you know what I mean? I think, like, it's, aye. It's one of the things you never want to appear rude, do you know what I mean? But sometimes folk folk are quite ignorant, and, do you know what I mean? Folk coming up and, like, still game, when I done still game, there was folk interrupting takes. We were filming in this, like, council estate, and there was folk, wee boys, interrupting mid-take. Like, they've yelled action, we're mid-take here. And cunts are just running up like that, running up to Ford and Greg like that. And then running away. And like that, cut, fuck's sake, back to an L1, take fucking 13 next, and you're like that. There's, you, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Especially in these countries where you don't really have the budget for all the security and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? My brother's pal said years ago he was driving through the town in his work van. I've seen that still game filming outside the GFD. Uh, and they were filming and I beeped the horn. I was like, right, and what happened? Oh, they, they all looked raging. I was like, aye, because they're filming. i seen you fucking <laughs> crackpot. And it just cost like, them about fucking eight grand. Aye. aye. Mental. It's, like, it's fucking insanity, isn't it? We, I've had things like that as well, like, there was a scene that got cut, Bobby was supposed to be a trolley boy down in Tesco in right. Sight Hill, <laughs> and they were filming me pushing trolleys, mate, and it was carnage, man, like, it was just chaos, man, it was that chaotic, but you couldn't help but just laugh right. at the, the madness of the situation, but it got cut, and, uh, aye, mental. Aye, it's fucking bonkers, folk just are kind of blind to it, I mean, I suppose... I don't know if you're just, if you're like nowhere near the industry, you don't have any knowledge of it, like maybe they just don't know, but I mean, I would expect that you would think that it's not really the right thing to do, to just shout at cunts across the street. I even had it with Vine. I remember walking up uh, Bishop Briggs Canal with my pal and uh, a guy and his girlfriend were behind me, but they were getting close. So it was making me Aye. feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turned around and I was like, why is he not saying anything to me? Because he, he's, I felt, an energy, Aye. and he was like, and to be fair, his girlfriend was horrified. He'd done that. You've got some cum face on you, big man. And I was just like, normally you 
if somebody says something cheeky to you or something, you just go along with it and you're like, get them to fucking just go with it. But I was just like, what? And he's like, some cum face on you, mate. And I was like, what the fuck are what you talking about, What does that even mean? What, what are you talking about? I was like, da- I'm sorry, do I know you? And his girlfriend was like, ah, and he's like, at Vine, I followed you in Vine. And I was just like, all right. Cheers. And it was just brutal. Aye. I was like, what did you know? Just say all right for me. Like, it, Vine was fucking out seven years ago. Aye. And I don't even know what. Try to be funny. Like, I don't know what you mean. I think it's like folk can't if they see you on a screen. Yeah. Doesn't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fair game. Aye, it's almost like you're, well you, well, you put yourself on the fucking telly, so. Yeah. So I can say whatever I want to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one time uh, I was in Pizza Hut with my niece and my ma and the tables are so close and Pizza Hut parked. You could literally do that and touch the other table. <laughs> As I'm sitting there with my niece, this there's, there's a table full of guys. Yeah, that's that boy for that Scott Squad. <laughs> and uh, then my ma, when they filter, they've just noticed you. Oh, for and fuck's that, sake. <laughs> I was like, oh no, trying to eat a pizza. Aye. So there we go. Aye, it's madness. So it's took us to the mental health part of the podcast. Sean, do you listen to the podcast? I've listened to a few episodes, eh? Full episodes, be honest. Please be honest, because you'll get caught out. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a full one, no. I appreciate you being honest there, by the way. Sorry. I respect you, mate, for that. Cheers, mate. Because there's people who will be like, watch every single episode, mate. <laughs> Subtitles on and all that was fucking brilliant. No, I've stuck a couple on uh, on Spotify and kind of just ended up doing something and like oh, maybe like half an hour, forty five minutes through it. But I've listened to a few. Turned it off. That's shit. No, no, no. Who's that fucking prick with the top hat? Well, Paul would. Paul knows that this is the mental health part of the podcast yep. where I sing a song for the guest to raise awareness for mental health so are you ready for that sure, mate, why are you laughing <laughs> you can't laugh <laughs> i need to tell you right now if you laugh it's it's over you ready get the camera on him remember don't laugh robbie williams as well man Come on, hold my hand I wanna contact the living Come on Not sure I understand You go This role I've been given It's for mental health I sit and talk to God And he just laughs at my plans my head speaks a language. You better not be fucking laughing. I'm not, I swear to God. I don't understand. Um. Come on, let's go. Come on, motherfucker. I just wanna feel real love like the moment I live in. Beautiful. Beautiful. Cause I just got too much life. Running through my veins. I'm dyslexic. Going to waste. I'm tearing up. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I fucked it. Oh, what? <laughs> no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Here we go, here we go. 
And I need to feel real love. How come I can't be in real craft with liver? <clears throat> That's for mental health. Cheers, mate. Awareness. Yeah, so that, was, that was really lovely, mate. If you are struggling, but phone the Samaritans. Yeah. Good shout. Thank you. That's the end of the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking pleasure, mate. Look, Sean, we really appreciate you coming on, mate. That was a lovely conversation. Did you have fun? Yeah, grand. Good laugh, as always. Did you have fun, Paul? No, don't I. (laughs) Paul's my therapist as well. (laughs) Paul is my therapist. Are you? I'm a therapist, not Darren's therapist. Are you actually a therapist? Uh Uh-huh. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. You know what I mean? That's a a great thing to do. You know what I mean? Congrats. That was stupid. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. You're a wee bit flustered after I sang your Robbie Williams song. It's all right. If people listening to this would like to get you on social media, how can they find you? Uh, Twitter. um, I think it's underscore Sean underscore Connor underscore Painters. And I think that's the same (laughs) on Instagram as well. Awesome, mate. No, on Facebook. It's full of fannies. Yeah. Get them on Twitter. Get on them and get on him. Mores and aunties. <laughs> um, get them on Instagram. Check out his work. Go and support his show. That's what life's all about. Paul, thank you very much as well. Yeah, Paul. Oh, by the way, before we go, if you're listening to the podcast, chuck us a five-star review on Spotify, a wee worded review on Apple Podcasts. Alan Argue, thank you very much for sponsoring the show. We'll see you next week. I meant to say, um, before earlier when we were chatting about Moorcroft, Moorcroft will be touring the National Theatre of Scotland um, and we will be going to Greenock, Aberdeen, Dundee, Stirling, Kirkcaldy, Cumbernauld, Edinburgh and Musselburgh. Awesome. That's going to get cut out, but... Sound. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, son. See you later, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.